Hey, there we go. There we go. I knew we'd finally get it. Started. Funky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we're maintenance. We'll figure it out. We got to figure it out, right? Well, I want to thank you for, you know, taking some time today to come on to the podcast. You know, this is something that I wanted to put together for a long time, uh, you know, and it's kind of the same way, I guess, how you started putting YouTube videos out. Um, just so everybody knows, this is Lex Vance. Uh, he's through the multifamily social media. He is the creator of uh, the Dirty Maintenance Show. Um, you got a website too, right, Lex? That That's right. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Lex. How did you find yourself in the multifamily industry and property management as, as a technician? Well, I was a full-time guitar player back in the late 90s, early 2000s, and then Napster came along and pretty much destroyed the, the music business. I mean, it's just it became too hard to make a living. So I needed to find something to do to make some money. And a friend of mine said, Hey, I work at an apartment complex. It was student housing and we're looking for someone to come pick up garbage and paint. And I said, well, shoot, I can do that. And I, I got on and ended up liking it. And, a, and an old timer, his name is, his name was Bill took me under his wing and just took me around and showed me the work that showed me the ropes. And I, I ended up liking it. And, uh, I still do do the music, but never really went back full time at it. So that's how I got in. Awesome, awesome. Well, that's that's great. You know, I found myself in the multifamily industry a few years back. Uh, I was working in the automotive industry as a technician, uh, as actually a master technician, and then kind of the same thing happened. Um, the The economy took a, a huge hit, and at that time, you know, when you're turning wrenches, you're only making commission based on what you do. So I had to find myself yeah. into doing something different. And uh, at the time, I was still going to school full time to uh, in the HVAC industry at Mitchell Community College, which is a local school or college here in my hometown. So I found myself into that. And, you know, my first time in property management probably wasn't the best. But you know what? I stuck with it. You know, I had a the, it was kind of the opposite. You had a, a guy that actually took you under his wings and you know, showed you the ropes and helped you. And mine was just the complete opposite. I had someone that was never on time, showed up late. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> stick, he ended up getting terminated because he was violating company policy. And I found myself in a position to where, you know, I had the opportunity to uh, put myself out there. And short of that, in four months, I became a service manager. And I've been in a service manager in the multifamily industry now, I'll oh, shoot, uh, going on 13 years now. So, uh, I wouldn't trade it for oh, nothing, wow. man. I wouldn't trade it for nothing. Yeah. So this was back before, uh, YouTube and stuff, huh? So you had to just figure everything this out was back before YouTube, you know, and, and that was one of the questions that, you know, the one thing that I really, when I came across your videos on, on YouTube, it was kind of cool because, you know, it was something that I kind of wanted to do too. And I said, well, you know what, you know, I, I don't want to steal nobody's thunder. And I started watching your YouTube videos and you follow some of the same guys on YouTube that I follow, like, uh, Ralph from down in Georgia. Yeah. Um, you know, I follow some of the other guys like AK, HVAC, Zach Bazoda, which Zach is actually in North Carolina. And then, uh, uh -huh. uh, you know, there's a couple other guys, you know, Jim Bergman, a couple of those guys that I follow as well. You know, those guys have done yeah. a huge, 
huge improvement just in the HVAC industry and that trade alone. And, you know, I think that as maintenance technicians and maintenance service managers, we can take those same principles and apply them to our multifamily industry and make that industry better. Um, Absolutely. It's not going to make it for the worse. It's only going to make it for the better. But, I, you know, I think what you're doing with the YouTube videos, I think you're doing a great job with it. You know, you're giving new technicians that are getting into this industry an opportunity to, you know, see things firsthand of how, you know, to fix something or how to repair something and going through those steps. Um, and I yeah, think that's great. I think that is amazing. You know, I wished me and you coming into the multifamily industry, we didn't have that. You know, there was there right. Wasn't, there wasn't any information out there. There was it was very limited, you know, to the resources yeah. that we had. And now with social media and YouTube and everything else, it's given guys like us a platform to really do what we are passionate to do and we love to do and help others in this industry and, and see them grow and become better. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, yeah, I had to blow stuff up in my days. Oh, I've, I've had my fair shares of, uh, you learn by your mistakes very quickly. <laughs> absolutely, man. I flooded apartments. I've drained a giant pool twice. I've caught dryers on fire and on the inside of apartments so, yeah, that's how I had to learn. There was no YouTube. <laughs> exactly. There was no YouTube. You, you, you had to learn from your mistakes. You, uh, you know, and then you had people that was in the industry that were just as passionate as, as me and you uh, that actually took you mm-hmm. under their wings and actually showed you the right steps and showed you how to do things the correct way. You know, and that's one thing that right. I tell a lot of new guys coming into the multifamily industry. Guys, you can't be afraid to, you know, fail. You can't be afraid to make mistakes because, you know, at the end of the day, we're not perfect. We're not built perfect. So, you know, these things are going to happen. That's right. You know, and yeah, don't be scared. Now, are you still, are you still a maintenance technician or are you actually, have you grown in your career? Have have you thought about becoming a maintenance manager at some point in your career? Yes, I'm, I'm still a a maintenance tech. Uh, The company that I work with said that uh, they don't, believe in maintenance supervisors. They said it cuts down on the drama. And when I first heard that, I was said, I don't know if this is going to work, but I mean, I'm still there four years later and, and it's pretty much, if you don't pull your weight and they let you go. So well, that's, I mean, I, that's, that's kind of a different way yeah. to look at it. You know, I, you know, I never would have thought about that, you know, uh, a company not uh, putting, I guess, putting labels on certain things, you know, and, and right. that, I mean, that would make sense. It makes sense that that would cut down, on any kind of um, in-house drama, you know, well, he's a maintenance right. manager and, you know, he doesn't do this or they do, don't do that. It's that he said, she said kind of thing that you, you eliminate when you don't put titles on anything. So that's, that's pretty neat. I've, I've never heard of that before. So. Yeah, it was the first I've heard of it, but I, I still try to, you know, be, be a leader and, and lead by example and stuff. You know, I don't, I don't need a supervisor patch to, to make me, uh, you know, use my leadership qualities or anything. Right. So. That, and that's great. That That's great. Now for guys that's getting in this industry. Now I know that you had a blog that you did and you did a, a short video on YouTube, you know, and I get mm-hmm. this question a lot, you know, good help is hard to find. Uh, and not only yeah. in this industry, not only losing good technicians, but like you said, they're losing good leaders. Uh, right. A lot of it. And it's not all companies. It's some, you know, there's a, there's a good few companies out there that, you know, still, you know, they don't want to pay 
technicians, you know, for what we do, you know, we're doing multiple trades, we're doing multiple tasks on a daily basis. And sometimes companies don't see it that way. So what, what is your take on that as far as like, you know, the knowledge and stuff that you've, you've gained in the years that you've been doing it, you know, you've been doing it since 2003, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously everybody wants to get paid for, you know, what they learn, you know, their knowledge and their skill set they bring to the table. You know, I'm, I'm sure right. you probably get a lot of the questions all the time from guys. Is there anything that you can share on, on the podcast channel today that, you know, for anybody new to it, you know, kind of what to expect, you know, when you got into it for the first time? Um, yeah, well, I just I, I just come from a day when it seemed like there were, were a lot of uh, old timers out there training the new guys. And I'm not really seeing that much nowadays. Nowadays, it's... Uh, Guys come in, they train out on property for two or three years and then find what they like doing the best. Like, I'm, I like doing electrical. So they go be an electrician full time and they leave for more money, benefits, you know, the whole the whole deal. And, and that's the problem I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we get paid by the value we bring to a job, not not how long we've been there. So always be growing and always be learning and bringing more value. You know, I see some guys they're like, oh, I've been here eight years and haven't gotten a raise. And I say, well, okay, well, what do you do? And they say, well, I, you know, I just pressure wash and and do the grounds, and I don't want to go on call. And I say, well, well, there you go. You're not bringing enough value to the job, man. You need to, you know, do more, provide more value, do work orders, go on call, then you'll make more money. That you know, he was expecting his the time being there to get a raise. And that's just not how it works. We get paid by the value that we bring absolutely. to a job. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you on that one. Absolutely. Yeah. So but that's the problem. That's the problem. I'm seeing uh, the good guys are just leaving because. Yeah. You know, they, you know, like, you know it's, it, it, I think some of it too spans on, you know, leadership too. You know, if you, if you got, you know, good leaders will, will train good leaders. You know, you said that yourself as well. And, and, I right. think that is a very true statement when you take somebody, you know, and you're training somebody, you know, they're looking upon you to train them the right way. They're looking upon your knowledge and your skill set, you know, to give them that personal growth and development. Now, not saying that you want to go out there and hold someone's hand, you know, that's taking right. things into a different perspective. But for the most part, if somebody's willingless, willingly to want to come in and learn and they want to learn the trade and learn the industry, by all means, I want to take those people in and, take those guys under my wing and, and train them and teach them. But I, I agree with you. I think, you know, now it's people's finding the trades they want, you know, they're not having to go on call. And if they are going on call, it's, right. it's very spread out. You know, most trades have anywhere from, you know, eight to 12 weeks once a month on or once a week on call, you know, versus every other week yeah. or every two weeks in the multifamily industry. So, you know, that's kind yeah. of a big hit, you know, a lot of times. So if you, you get the bad leadership and, and then, you know, like you said, people finding what trade they really want to do or what they love to do, you know, it, right. it's hard. And then you got companies too that, you know, at the, end, at the end of the day, bottom line, you know, that I saw one the other day, as a matter of fact, where they wanted you to have your CPO, your EPA, universal. They wanted <laughs> carpenter, electrical. They wanted everything, everything basically that a service manager or supervisor would have or an experienced technician would have, but they wanted to, they put like $12 an hour to oh. 1350 an hour. 
And, you know, and that's, like, See, that's, insulting. That's, that's very insulting. I agree. And I think that's where, you know, the multifamily industry needs to, you know, some companies need to look at what value can they bring to their employees, you know, at the same time as Absolutely. values that, you know, technicians and, you know, can, you know, value your, your employers got to value basically the same way as you value your, uh, yourself as for your employee, you know, being a employee. Right. So that's what I want to do. I want to reverse what's happening. I want the, the talented HVAC guys and the talented plumbers and electricians to cross over into apartment maintenance. Cause you know, there's gotta be guys out there that are sick and tired of rolling around in the attic, coming home itchy with insulation. You know, we maintenance guys, we don't really do much attic rolling and stuff. No. So that's what I want. I want to attract them, but they can't take a pay cut. They can't go from 22 an hour to 1750 an hour. So that that's my whole right. Deal. It's very insulting when you go to somebody and say, well, this is where we're at, you know, and I, I've done that on numerous occasions too myself. So when you started doing start of pretty much the dirty maintenance show at what point did you say, you know, I want to put stuff out there, you know, I want to make a difference and a change, not only from, you know, guys getting in the industry for yourself, but, you know, uh, you know mm-hmm. anybody new wanting to get in this industry, you know, what was that, that defining moment that you decided that you wanted to start doing like a YouTube channel and then creating your own show, the dirty maintenance show? Yeah, well, I, I left the student housing and went back to music full time in 2011. So I hit the road playing in a band, didn't touch my tools, didn't really do much maintenance for about four years. And so then I had me, uh, I had a daughter. I've already had, I already got a little son, but then we had another, another child and I wanted to come off the road. So, you know, I want my kids to know me, you know? Right. So I came off the road and, um, man, I was rusty, really rusty. So I said, what can I do to knock off the rust? I don't remember a lot of stuff. So I went on to YouTube and started searching for repair videos, HVAC videos, and found Steve Lav and, and Ralph and, and Zach and all those guys. And this was back when they had, you know, 6,000 subscribers. They were just still coming up on the scene. And uh, they took me under their wing, which was I mean, amazing. And uh, I said, you know, the apartment industry could use uh, videos like this, but show everything, you know, not just HVAC, not just plumbing, just everything, appliance, plumbing, H- just everything. So they, they inspired me and told me, yeah, man, go ahead. You know, we got your back. And I joined one of their Google Plus groups. It's called HVAC YouTubers or something like that. It's no longer around. But uh, that's how I got in. Those guys inspired me, had my back, and encouraged me to start making videos. That's how it all happened. That's how it went down. That's awesome, man. That's amazing that, uh, you know, you had that that support from a totally different community. And, yeah. you know, they were doing their own trades, you know, heating, ventilation, air conditioning, and plumbing. And, uh, you know, here you was, you know, coming back off the road, trying to knock the, you know, the rust off and, and getting back into the swing of daily routine and, and then having the support from, you know, someone. Because, you know, a lot of times we – maintenance guys we get a lot of miscon misinterpretation about you know maintenance guys you know and you know and it's not all it's not all just hearsay it's just you know you see those pictures and you know what we would say jobs you know where people were just cutting corners and stuff like that and that that paints a picture of our industry 
not necessarily an individual, but our industry as, as a whole. So we all take a hit for it. You know, if, if one person right. does something bad or does something wrong, then, you know, it's like, Oh God, look at the, look at these apartment maintenance guys. You know, they, they don't know what they're doing. They've never rolled their sleeves up, never got dirty. So it's always just like that misinterpretation. And it's the same way with plumbing and the same way with HVAC too. You know, you got a lot of people out there doing some really bad work, you know, and, yeah, you know they don't take pride in what they're doing. You know they don't take a lot of passion. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 you're good, man. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, oh, that's why it was so scary for me. You know, joining up with those HVAC guys. You know, I thought they were going to roll their eyes and say, "Oh, oh, here comes a maintenance man." But no, you know, they took me, took me in, and and this was back when Steve Lav only had like six thousand subscribers, and he had time to, to kind of coach and, and and talk to people. And I mean, I was just wearing out his comment box and. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I, my knowledge just doubled within, I mean, two months. Right. I'd sit there with a notepad. I'd just sit there with a notepad watching their videos, taking notes. And man, I mean, I, I just, I hit my stride as soon as I got back into maintenance. I mean, it was uh, amazing. But yeah, it was scary coming in as a maintenance guy around all these HVAC guys. Well, that was like me I when I started this podcast. You know, I, you know, I was telling my wife, she's like, you've never done a podcast before. I said, no, this is the first time I've ever done a podcast. So, you know, I'm, a, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous doing this podcast, but I've been able enough to reach out to some really cool people. You know, uh, again, thank you for coming on the podcast today. You know, I reached oh, out absolutely. To, I've reached out to a lot of people in my community, you know, just in my hometown, you know, and I got some good people like Betsy Kirkpatrick. She's big with, you know, our, uh, GCAA, which is in Charlotte, the Greater Charlotte Apartment Association. She's going to come on and do an episode with us. And then I've got a few other people. Actually, I spoke to Jim Bergman, and uh, he's going to actually come on to the podcast as well. And we're going to be uh, talking about some new technology that's not only hit the HVAC industry, but how this can ultimately impact the multifamily industry. And this is something that I've been wanting to kind of roll out to the multifamily industry as a whole, just to, you know, give everybody that opportunity to see there is technology out there that can make our lives easier. So yeah. Jim Bergman, you know, has come out with the uh, measure quick app and he's going to get on and we're going to talk about the measure quick app and ultimately how that oh, can impact the multifamily industry. And actually the company that uh, I'm, I'm not with them now, I've, I've moved on from that company, but, uh, before I left that company, we're actually not only not only did the company revamp everything. I mean, they literally bought smart to, smart tools for every site. So every site's got wow. smart tools uh, or smart probes. And then yeah. not only do they have the smart probes, but we went ahead and we got the uh, evacuation kits as well. So now every site has evacuation kits, and we're training. Um, started training on how to evacuate systems without even having to use a manifold gauge, just going straight from the vacuum pump. You know, just Man, guys, practices and, you know, showing that technology can really in, impact what we do day in, day out. That's fantastic, man. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's what we need. And then on top of that, I just talked to uh, uh, actually the regional who is still with the company and he just confirmed that they've got 100 units that's getting ready to go to the Sensi Predict which is basically the sensor setup. Um, they've got one property in Texas that's getting ready to uh, start putting it out there as well, which is really cool. So uh, Emerson come out. It used to it used to be called the Comfort Guard System. They renamed it to the Sensi Predict, 
and it actually they used the Measure Quick app that Jim developed to uh, benchmark the systems, and they go off those benchmarks. So once wow. every, once all the systems are benchmarked, then basically we they go in and we install the sensors. There's ten sensors all together, from the outside condensing unit to the indoor unit to um, and it's going to, it's real time. It's like it data logs everything. So if a capacitor starts to get weak, it'll tell the, the customer and the technician right on the spot. There's a problem with it, with the capacitor. You need to go take it out, check it out. It's getting low. That's, that's crazy. That's cool, man. I remember when Jim had the I-manifold going on, but then he left and I don't even hear from the I-manifold anymore. So, you know, Jim's great. Jim is, Jim is great. You know, and the I-manifold is still there. Uh, I know Jim still does some stuff with the i-manifold i think he you know he, he's kind of a support guy to it uh they actually have a support group on uh facebook um still with the i connect and the i-manifold believe it or oh, not right i on. bought the i connect when it when it originally came out and i was using those smart probes in the multifamily industry before anybody even knew what smart probes were uh, wow i still got a today what's that I remember when the I-Manifold hit YouTube, it, it was hot there for a good year or so. It was hot because, you know, you had uh, uh, Jim promoted it, and then uh, Stephen Raderin, he uh, was promoting it big on YouTube as well. And, you know, Stephen um, is actually in Raleigh, lives in Raleigh. So uh, he he yeah, relocated he Raleigh and started his own business and, and his own company. So I know he's doing really good. Yeah, right old man. I, I remember when I was doing music, we played up in North Carolina. We followed around the old Lizard Lick towing boys. I don't know if you're familiar with those guys. I, I, I am familiar with those guys, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Big Bobby, man. Big Bobby, the, the guy on the show, we followed him around the, um, the United States on a tour. So we'd play, and then Bobby would come out and sign stuff. It was pretty amusing. Sorry to get off track, but that's my North Carolina story. Hey, it's, it's, you know what, that that's the reason why I want to start, share this podcast, you know, you know, with a lot of guests to show people that, you know, not only do we do what we do and we enjoy what we do, but, you know, you know, some of the enjoyment we get out of life and, and some of the impacts that we make and, you know, it's not just people like us don't see it as a job. You know, I, I, I kind of right. have a philosophy that I grew up on. You find something you enjoy doing, you never work a day in your life, you know, and, and that's, and I found that in multifamily, you know, I found that in the multifamily industry. And, and that's something that I've always kind of been passionate about because I've done it for so long. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to step away from something that you've done for so long, but yeah. you know, I can say that, you know, and I know that you've made a lot of accomplishments in your career too, you know, even from the times that you stepped away till where you're at now. And, and I think what you're doing with, like I said, the dirty main show, I think is amazing, you know, and, like I said, I Thank wanted you. to start doing that years ago, and I, I guess I was like you. I was a little nervous and didn't really uh, know go about how to do it. You know, there was a lot of information, a lot of resources around at the time, so it was kind of cool that you was able to reach out to a lot of those guys, and, you know, they supported you, and they were behind you and, and encouraged you to keep digging. And, yeah. you know, what you got it now I think is super amazing and I wanted to at least showcase, get you on here and showcase that there is a resource out there for a lot of these new technicians to, you know, they're not alone. You know, there's guys out there like me and you that are willing to, you know, put information out there and share this information so that new guys yeah. coming up, new guys and old guys, it, it really doesn't matter. I mean, 
sometimes yeah. I have to be refreshed on some things too. Cause I mean, you know, I'm not perfect. You know, there's sometimes I'll go across something and I'll start scratching my head and I've got to pull my resources to figure out how to, you know, fix it. So. Absolutely, man. And, and I, they, they can hit me up too all day long. I'm taking messages. No, as long as I'm not um in the middle of my own head scratcher, you know, <laughs> You guys hit me up on Facebook. Hey, man, I can't get this fan to come on, and I'll I'll help them right there on the spot. So, yeah, just hit me up. That's uh, that's awesome. That that's really good resource. And uh, you know, this podcast now is available on Spotify. It's on it's Apple Podcast. So this will be broadcasted through a lot of places. So this is going to be a good good resource for some other guys. You know, sometimes if they're driving to work. Uh, you know what was my what could be my impact you know to help this industry and I said you know what I've always wanted to start a podcast you know and right now you know statistics have been proven that you know podcasts have grown increasingly by like almost 50 to 60 percent everybody's popping their podcasts on their radios and listen to them in the morning before they go to work so yeah man would be another good tool another good resource you know to get you on the podcast and you know share your you know, knowledge and, you know, share some stuff with you as well. And, you know, absolutely. You actually that's... connect because I know me and you talked on social media there for a little bit. And, you know, I shared uh-huh. uh, some information on social media not too long ago and it wasn't uh, shy of that. And I started, had some haters coming in there and it was already trying to uh, get at me. And I, I said, you got to love social media haters. So. Oh man, I wake up every morning to some doozies. Every single morning, I have to delete some uh, some haters. I guess we'll call them <laughs> super techs. I would call them super techs. They know everything. Right, the ones that uh, you don't, you can't train them on anything because they know everything. Type. Oh yeah. But uh, you know, it's crazy because uh, uh, Jim just posted uh, a video on his uh, YouTube channel with Measure Quick and. He was going through his stuff about evacuations. I mean, he was testing out that new uh, battery-powered NAVAC 2 CFM pump. And he had a five-ton unit and 50-foot line set. With a five-ton unit, 50-foot line set, he was still able to pull that system down in a record amount of time with a 2 CFM pump. You know, it's just wow. that Jim's trying to put out there that it's, it's not the size of the pump. It's the size of the hoses and, and the arrangement that you put the hoses onto the equipment. So it's pretty neat how how evacuations, the best practices for evacuations have gotten better. They've improved. And uh, he had a hater coming on there and um, was was kind of bashing him a little bit on it. And I was like, come on, man, this guy's like a pioneer when it comes to HVAC. You can't, uh, you can't really. Uh, I was like, that's, whew, man, that's, that's, that's like, what that's are they doing? Like, what, yeah, what are they, what are they where, saying? Where's your... <laughs> what do I say? I mean, what, like, I'm, I'm just thinking, what, what, I mean, why would somebody even phantom the thought of someone who has pioneered some of the best, has developed some of the best technology that our industry has ever seen? You know, yeah. they're going to get on there and bash it, it just, or be too eager to bash it, needless to say. Yeah. I just got a saying, and what is, what's my saying? It's, uh, Haters don't really hate you. They hate themselves because you are a reflection of who they wish to be. Once I just, yeah. That's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. 
they wish they were you and they're not. So they just, what's the, what's the next easiest thing to do? Bash you. Don't build your building higher, you know, tear someone else's down. That's, that's how they live. Yeah. And you see that a lot, you know, not only in our industry, but you see that a lot in, you know, trades just in general, you know, people kind yeah. of tend to get a little jealous, get a little hot headed. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's not, it shouldn't even be about jealousy. You know, if you want to learn something and you don't know something, all you got to do is raise your hand and ask, you know, that's and, it. and learn, you know, because, you know, that's why everybody's in the position that they're in now is for that reason. Yeah. And if you see someone not doing something, you know, correctly, don't be a jerk about it. Just calmly and, 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 uh, gently, gently teach them. Right. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's what this industry was built on. You know, that's what, that's what blue collar in general was, was built on is people helping each other, taking them, taking those senior technicians and, and those owners that's been in the industry for 30 plus years, you know, you can't, that's knowledge you cannot take away from somebody. That's, that's, that's really earned and learned experience being in the field for that long doing that. So you, you can't take that away from somebody. We, we never need the, the minds and the value that 30 year old, 40 year old text than we do now ever. Right. Just cause they're old timers don't mean they don't know what's going on. They know a lot more than what people want to give them credit for. Believe me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, if we can just get them to go from analog to digital, we'll be good. That That's the biggest thing. <laughs> and, you know, and it was the Jim said, I think uh, he said it on uh, Zach's podcast, him and AK's podcast on uh, YouTube, that a very small percentage of people are still using uh, digital manifolds. And so it's even in the trade, you know, you know, people are still he said it's a very slow transition uh, is the way mm-hmm. to put it. You know, people are not too eager to transition into the digital realm, you know, because a lot of people are just so used to doing it the way they did it for so long, so many years. It's just hard yeah. to get out of that mindset. Yeah, my pal Joe Shear has a, a video where he's trying to convince his dad, you know, his dad's, you know, late 50s. And his dad's just, he's not having it. He's trying to give his dad some testos. It's, it's great. I don't know if you're familiar with Joe Shear. Uh, I'm familiar with Joe Shear. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's got a video trying to convince his dad to go digital, and he's just, he's just not having it. That's just how them old school guys are. I mean, I, I love it. You got to respect them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I still – there's times where I still use my manifold. You know, I still got the smart probes. I still like my smart probes, you know, since I've been using them. And, you know, especially with the Measure Quick app and how integrated everything has gotten. You know, I still yeah. – there's times where I still pull out my 550 testos and – still still rock those to this day and i mean i still got analog gauges you know and i've got oh, yeah, gauges that you know I'll, I'll throw on a unit to see if the unit's flatlined and has any refrigerant in it you know if i suspect there's a leak going on or or if it's tripped you know low pressure or anything right. like that so you know it's just a quick way to check and it's easy to put in my bag and you know carry around with me in my as i go along throughout the day so yeah oh you got the little stubby the, I got the little, little stubbies. Yeah, I got the little stubby analog gauges that I use from time to time that I'll just throw on the unit real quick. Yeah, I need me some of them. Man, I'm gonna tell you, it's it's definitely a lifesaver, especially if you've never worked a lease up property. Man, uh-huh. they they love to shoot nails through your line set during construction. Oh. I've had uh man, I I couldn't tell you how many times I've had to cut into a wall just to fix leaks 
from nails. It's it's been crazy. <laughs> oh man, it's been crazy. And that, yeah. that few of them where I had uh, I had one Goodman unit that was a manufacturer flaw. The uh, unit they over tightened the accumulator and it just basically rubbed the bottom of the uh, outside unit itself, the metal, and it just put a pinhole in it. But that one pinhole was enough to cause that unit to significantly leak. Um, bad thing is, is none of my suppliers carried any of the accumulators that day. So I ended up having to be at the mercy of the manufacturer, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> so we had to put a portable unit in that, in that, in there for about a week and a half until I got the accumulator. And then we got it put back in and buttoned everything back up and dialed it all in. I've got, uh, well, actually on that property there, uh, just to get, I had five buildings, uh, all of them were fixed orifice except for one building. One building actually had, because of the longer line set, we ended up having to put TXV on those because it had to meter that device. It's a true <clears> metering <throat> device, so it had to meter the refrigerant a lot better uh, due to the longer line set. Yeah. And then on top wow. of that, we had to add, they had to add uh, migration valves to the liquid line to keep the, uh, so when it, the unit actually, satisfied temp it would uh, shut the uh, migration valve off and it wouldn't cause liquid refrigerant to back into the compressor and flood the compressor out so there was a lot of extra stuff that was actually on those systems that you wouldn't typically see in the multi-family so i had my had my own set of challenges with that building yeah that sounds like it was this was new construction you said this was all new construction all brand new construction yeah i I worked the property i started on was new construction and you think there'd be no problems and no work orders, but it's actually the opposite. It is very you know? the opposite. You know, I had I had a good buddy of mine that always gave me a hard time, and he said, "Man, you're just sitting over there with your legs kicked up." And I said, "Shoot!" I, I said, "If I'm kicking anything, I said I'm I'm kickstarting how much energy drinks I'm having to drink just to keep up with all the walks that I have to do." Drinking them old bang cotton candies. Man, those things are amazing. <laughs> and they come to find out that uh, I guess they're not FDA approved, so I don't know. I get one of my family members on social media saw that picture I posted, and uh, I said, man, these things are so good. These things are amazing. <laughs> He's like, they're not FDA approved. I said, well, just think about how much stuff is probably really not FDA approved, you know? Oh, yeah, man. You can't eat nothing nowadays. Everything's just bad. <laughs> Or, or according to the state of California, everything causes cancer. So. Oh yeah, what's up with that? I got a toilet. Uh, I got a toilet from California, and it said it causes cancer. I'm looking at it going, what? Yeah, everything so weird. In California causes cancer. <laughs> or according to the state of California, everything causes. Maybe we should ask uh, oh uh, Dave from NorCal. Oh yeah, NorCal, that's my bud. <laughs> I, t- I told him the other day on. Uh, uh, when he posted a video, because uh, he he calls those true blues uh, Smurf boners, I told him. <laughs> right. I, I told him. I said, "You." I said, "If you make a song, I said you need to get Lex on there to do you to help you do a solo on his guitar." He said, "Yeah, man." Yeah, going back about that. So I told him. I said, "Yeah, man." I told him you should get Lex to rock out, rock out with you on that one. Man, that'd be great. I'll I'll throw down on a NorCal song. Yeah. Oh yeah. Man, he still had a couple <laughs> songs over the last couple of days and. You know, I, I like some of the stuff that he puts out too. You know, NorCal David does have some really cool stuff, man. So. Oh yeah, I, I've probably never worked on anything he works on, but I just like watching his videos and I love his attitude and everything. And you know, that's the biggest thing, man. His attitude. He has fun. You know, he he loves what he does and he has fun with it. And that that's probably <laughs> one of the most 
enjoyable uh it's not one of the most enjoyable channels you know out of the channels that i do watch you know his is you know really enjoyable because he just has fun with it you know he just yeah up every day and enjoys life and just it's great man it's great watching someone take that have that much passion in what they do yeah that's what i tell the new guys attitude people you know say well give me some pointers just man come in smiling with a good attitude that's it it's that easy yeah even if you're having a bad day still try to make a good day out of it a smile is contagious that's what i tell all my guys absolutely it doesn't matter if it's your own team or if it's a resident a smile is contagious yeah and some days are harder than others but man just there's nothing more contagious than a bad attitude it just spreads it's like a domino effect and it affects everybody um, yeah. from the top down. So yeah, it, we've had, I've had those days. I'm sure you've had those days too. And, and oh yeah. Probably more than, more than a handful of times. I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, but there's, there's 360, 360, what is it? 340 days out of the year, at least where I, I have a good attitude. <laughs> the rest, what is that? 25. I'm, I'm terrible at math. <laughs> the other 25 days i was probably had my, my butt on my shoulders but that's about it right well that's good though man you know you, you got to have a good attitude i mean this you know and, and that's like i tell a lot of people you know the multifamily industry is not for everybody and most of the time they figure it out pretty quickly if it's going to be something they're going to continue to do especially with the new guys nowadays yep uh, you know the the first time you put them on call that's usually going to be the make or break that's it you said it that's usually the make or break. It's it's not really the work. It's not really the workload or, or what they've got to do or the day to day functions. It's that first time you put them on call that is the make or break for most of them. Nail on the head. That's it. Yeah, the last property I worked at, it was a brand new lease up property. You know, I worked on call on that property over six hundred thirty one days straight with no breaks. Yeah. Woof. And I was running leaks, roof leaks, AC calls. Um, I mean, you name it. Uh, lockouts. We did lockouts on that property, um, and these were old school locks. I mean, I still pin locks. I, me personally, I like pinning locks. You know, the oh, quick set. They're the smart locks. I mean, yeah, for convenience, they're great, but you're limited to what you can do with them. You know, I, I think Quick Set did a good job with you know the simplicity behind it. Yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, if you got show units and stuff that you can master pin, you can't do that with a smart lock. You right, can, you can only do that with a traditional lock. Yeah, I'm I'm more traditional, man. You know, and, and locks only keep innocent people out, man. If somebody wants to get in, they'll get in. It, absolutely, absolutely. These people think you know putting all these ten thousand dollar locks on and all that's keeping them safer. It don't. It just keeps innocent people out. That yep, I agree. Well, <laughs> the, the the one property I had in in Huntersville, it had uh, we went with a Slay Express program, and it was all the fobbed keys, mm-hmm. and you know, the technology behind it's great. The functionality to it and the headaches with it, that's, yeah. another, that's another story. I mean, I probably, on that property alone, I, I had more emergency calls due to lock-related issues than anything. Oh, they're terrible. It's It was horrible. Uh, and then the, well, the program they sold us was like the the last edition before they came out with Bluetooth. Now, if we would have got, actually got the Bluetooth, it's easier to program those. You can actually walk through the hallways and use a, a tablet. Wow. And, uh, and the key fob, actually the fob itself carries the program, you know, with the system that I had, I had to put everything in the system. Then I had to put everything in a, a palm, uh, 
one of those palm devices, and then I had to go program each individual lock. Man. With all the MEDs and everything. It, I mean, programming locks would take at least an hour on that property because I had 402 units, and I had 10 buildings. And we had amenities in one, two, three, four different buildings. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we had an amenity in almost every building on that property except for one. Yeah, and ours took uh, four double A's. So if someone was coming after you and you needed to get in, you better hope your double A's are charged. You're going to get killed on your front doorstep because some dead batteries. That's the way these were. They had the double uh, A batteries. And, stand. It, and they would, you know, you'd have to catch them at a certain time because they do that little, they blink red and then they beep. Oh, yeah. And the and resident ain't going to tell you that. But the resident don't ever tell you that. Yeah. It's usually they go dead, and then you get that 3 o'clock in the morning call, well, I can't get into my apartment. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now you ended up – I have I had to let someone uh, through the window one time, and uh, the neighbor saw me coming up the ladder, so they thought I was breaking in. So then I the cops got called on me. I got thrown down on the ground in a doggone felony you know, position, spread out. I mean, it was just a nightmare with these electric locks. Wow, that is crazy. I've never had that that happen to me before, but that's that's a pretty good story there. Yeah, man. They, I mean, I was up there shouldering the door first, you know, and boom. So this is, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning. They're hearing this loud booming. Then they see this guy. It was cold, so I had my sock hat on, you know, the jacket. And they, then they see this guy scurrying up a ladder and crawling through a window. I mean, it was I was scared, man. Guns drawn the whole nine, man. It was a, a scary situation. It took about an hour to convince wow. him I was the maintenance guy. And so yeah, all because some of some dead uh double A's. That's crazy. <laughs> now what size what size property are you on right now, Lex? 192 units. And we're building more. It's gonna be eight more buildings, so it's gonna be around three hundred units. Gotcha. Now is it all that's all new construction, correct? Yeah, it was it was built in 2013, and I started working there in 2015 or 14. I'm sorry, and uh, got you. a lot of bugs. So they, they just uh, they started with the first phase, and then they just started bringing on that this this would be what considered the second phase. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is the second phase they're building, and you know all the professionals that stop by my channel and bash me. You know these are the guys that I'm having to go behind it and fix their their screw ups. You know on these new properties. You know, and it's crazy because when I posted that in in the uh, on social media, and and I had the haters start attacking me. Um, you know, one guy commented and said, uh, "Well, I guess forty percent of us is doing it wrong." Well, statistically, yes. If if we're not doing the right thing and and following best practices, and you know, finding uh, fine tuning what we need to do to do the right thing, then yes, then that we fall into that same category unfortunately yeah yeah you know, and it's, i'm not being bitter about it i'm just being realistic about it you know when, when you look at everything as a whole you know we still got to do change outs right so if we do change outs we got to make sure that we're doing those change outs to the best of our ability and our knowledge so that way that unit's going to last for the next 15 to 20 years you know and, yeah and and do i think that they flowed nitrogen while installing these units no no <laughs> no that 402 unit properties i had in huntersville um, that was a big conversation that I had with the owner of that company. I said, I, your guys is out here not using any nitrogen. Uh -huh. you know, nitrogen is highly available. It's very cheap. Yeah. And 
you know, when they do their startups, you're lucky if they get a 15-minute vacuum on, on the system because they've got those guys at a quota. They want – I think that guy told me, their startup guy told me one time that they were required to get at least 250 units a week. Man. Startup. Yeah. And it was – that was not even just our, my property. That was other properties they had and other projects they had going on as well. And I was like, that is insane, man. Yeah. Yeah, they, I, I just know they were put in dirty and had PEX lines blowing off. I mean, three o'clock in the morning. They, ne- they never blew off while we were there, which was weird. The PEX supply lines just blowing off three o'clock in the morning, flooding three or four apartments. This was what all new construction. So we had to go through every every single apartment, all 192 apartments, and put in the uh, no burst hoses, you know, the braided lines underneath yep. the sinks. So, yeah, new construction doesn't mean no work orders, guys means more (laughs) more you know it's crazy that uh somebody said well what would you what would you rather have versus a new property versus old property i said i in some cases i take a 15 20 year property over a lease up and some and some day absolutely uh just because you got the kinks worked out for the most part on you know the older properties and you know how that property runs and how it functions day to day yep well lease ups is kind of a hit and a miss because you know, even though you're there from day one, from the time they break, you know, ground and the first building comes up, I mean, you're still going to have, you're still going to have your challenges with those systems. And it's actually kind of crazy because actually the last couple of lease up uh, new properties that I've seen being built, uh, I'm just shy of, uh, I, I live over in Shells Ford, but I'm just shy of like Mooresville and, and it's just right on the outskirts of Charlotte there. Uh, I know most people know where Charlotte, North Carolina is. It's you know, our biggest city closest to us. Yeah. And man, they're building properties like crazy in Mooresville right now. I mean, everywhere. I mean, and, and not only just multifamily, just, I mean, single family homes. It's, it's crazy. Wow. The amount of building they're just in this area is so saturated. Yeah. That's, that's, but that's I've noticed uh, that a lot of these newer companies that are building properties are going away from the Goodman units and they're actually going with the uh, rude. Oh, wow. That's good. I see I see Rude's making a big comeback in, in the multifamily industry, which is surprisingly because, you know, Goodman pretty much has that market for the most part. Yeah, man. And it's a boom going on. Apartments coming up all over the place. But the problem is we're the technicians. We're the good technicians. So there, there's going to have to be a breaking point sometime. Something's going to have to give. Right, right. You know, companies are going to have to – it's going to have to be a 50 50, you know, yeah. uh, at the end of the day, you know, companies are going to have to realize, you know, to get really good quality people in to run the properties and be successful and have good teams on, on the sites, you know, That's you got to have those incentives. You got to have the good incentives to bring those guys in. Yeah. They're popping up all over the place, but they can't, they can't staff them. And if they do, you know, right. it's, it's, it's some, a greenhorn that doesn't really know what to do, you know, but they don't care as long as he takes $11 an hour. And, and that's the problem, man. It's just, it's, it's driving me crazy. And I mean, I just, I've been on my blog, I've been on my website, I've been on my YouTube channel. So that makes me feel better, but it's just, uh, I hope they're heeding my warning. I hope, I hope it reaches these, uh, these companies and property owners. You know, and I, and I hope so too, honestly, at the end of the day, you know, I, I hope it really does. And, 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 you know, it's like I said, you know, I'm not bashing companies and it's not all companies because there's a lot of great companies out there that really pay, you know, 
their staff what they're worth, you know, Absolutely. what their knowledge is. And and I think that's amazing. You know, take care of the people that take care of you at the end of the day. Yeah. So, you know, and it's it's a good thing. I think that a lot of these newer companies, especially with a lot of these newer A-plus properties coming on board, called, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to be – you're going to have to have somebody with that technical skill set to, one, be able to manage and run the property – successfully but you got to also make sure like to preserve what you've spent money on exactly you got people who can actually preserve it and keep it it's a million keep it running. it's a million dollar a multi-million dollar investment and you're going to have an 11 dollar guy watch over it would you have an 11 dollar an hour guy watch over a multi-million dollar stock portfolio i doubt it no they're going to have to have some kind of bachelor's degree or master's degree right and you know they're, they're going to have to at least make you know, six figures. Exactly. That's why I'm, I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand it. And you're right though. There, there are a lot of good properties out there and that, that's the, another problem. You know, once the good guys find a place that takes care of them, they don't move around. So the rest of the no. properties are suffering through gorilla tape and, and duct tape hell, you know, <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah. That's very true though. You got it. You know, that's, you know, we're, we joke about it, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's true. It very it it is. Yeah. It is very true. Yeah, you got twenty five percent of properties that are awesome, awesome team, everything's good. Then the rest seventy five percent are just going through hell, you know. Now, is most of the properties that you've worked on or they've been like your garden style properties, mostly? Garden style? Have you done like mid rises or, oh, or high rises? No, no, no high rises or anything. It's been uh just been regular apartments uh student housing and um and conventional see i've never i never got into student housing i I had opportunities to go into student housing but man i I never did crazy they say it's always busy student housing student housing is pretty busy and uh, especially in august i've got a sister that's actually uh, going to college she actually got a a full academic scholarship to unc chapel hill oh right on uh, so she's uh, she's been going to college up there for business, and I told her I said, "Hey, you're going into a good field." And I said, "You can come out of that," and I said, "You can come out and own, be a partner in multifamily, going into that kind of field." Absolutely, so, yeah, man. I said, you know, opportunities are everywhere with with that. So. With student housing, it's uh, it's August, the the turn season, so all the uh, students' leases, all the leases end on July thirty first. And they all move out at the same time. So you have, you know, a hundred or more vacants all at the same time. And you've got about three weeks to make 100 or more party pads look brand new again. And then the new kids move in and their parents pick your work apart that you, I mean, it's seven, you know, seven days a week, Monday through Sunday for 16 hours trying to get these things ready. So that's what I did for eight years, man. And it was pure nuts. Wow. Yeah. That prepared you that prepared you though for uh the stuff to come ahead though. Oh, like I, when you got on Absolutely when you got on those garden style properties, you know vacation you know, turns and stuff like that, you know, it was kinda like a vacation you had you was able to take a deep breath. Yeah, when I went to conventional man after I came off the road, it was like a vacation. You know, I still get anxiety when August comes. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Y'all know you can take off, you can take vacation in August. I'm like, What? Y'all don't have turn? They said no. I said, where am I? You know, this is, this is beautiful. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) 
actually take vacations when you when you need to take a vacation or, or when you get time to take a vacation. Right. Yeah, student housing. How's how's the weather been in Florida? Because I know you're in Florida. Is is the hot season finally there for you guys? Yeah. Or is it still kind of in between? Yeah, it's finally here. We're we're in the low 80s now, and it's slowly creeping up. Supposedly, we've got some bad storms coming today, so I'm waiting on those to hit. I know we've got some rain that's in the forecast. It's been raining for the last few days here in North Carolina, and our, our weather's kind of – everybody's like, well, what's the weather in North Carolina? I always tell them and joke with them it's bipolar. We got the, we got the most bipolar weather ever. <laughs> uh, prime example, we got snow – that morning we got snow on a friday morning and by that afternoon it was sunshine and 80 degrees wow so it's it's so weird man (laughs) jeez it's it's it's, uh they're like well it's hard to dial systems in like that not very if you got a system that you got to charge you got to pick the right time to do it sometimes depending on what what time of the year it is for north carolina because our seasons are just so so out of whack yeah, and heat it, pump night there. But that, things, I mean, so far the the weather's actually staying pretty consistent, other than the rain that we've been getting. I know there's some storms and stuff in the forecast. I, I, they had us under tornado warning yesterday, and I don't know if that's still in effect today. But I know that they said that uh, you know it's this time of the year. Yeah, this is a storm storm year. Yep, for a lot of people, it rains here every day at five o'clock down here in Tallahassee, Florida. When it starts raining, you know it's five o'clock. Well, I actually mentored two properties down in uh, Tampa, Florida, when I was uh, working with uh, Northwood Raven. Oh, right on. And uh, I, was, I was down there with Varela, um, and then also Novus. They're both sister properties. One's just right down the road from the other, and man, some gorgeous properties down there. And um, of course, it was all rooftop units. I told him I said my my very first. Um, shot in property management i of course i had to start with rooftop units and it seemed like that's what i got stuck with man. every property ever man ro- rooftops in florida Whew. that's that's brutal oh, <laughs> it's yeah. brutal in north carolina oh, yeah. I, I can only imagine what it's like in florida uh it, i wasn't there during the hottest point points of florida i was there when it was still like 70 low 70s in the 60s so it was pretty nice yeah Wow, but I, I I can only imagine like during really hot times of the season for you guys is pretty brutal out there. Oh yeah, I bring a beach umbrella around with me. I'll set that baby up. It's crazy because I I got a little easy up that I carry with me. So if you know there's any kind of rain in the forecast or you know if I just need to get out of the sun, I can just it's a small one. I can just kind of pop it up over top of the unit. Yeah, that I'm working on, and it's it's good. It keeps you out of the sun. Yep. Uh, if I'm on a rooftop, I'll carry like you, like a little umbrella. If it's on a rooftop, if it's a ground unit, that's when I use the easy ups for the most part. Yeah, right on. It works good. It works great. Uh, I I enjoy it. Yeah, I don't want to get burned. No. Summer's too, too long. Especially getting on those uh, roofs with the the white man. Yeah. All that heat and the sun and UV rays reflect right off of that stuff and just kind of like smacks you right back in the face and. I mean, you look like a, a crab when you're done. If you don't have something to, to cover you up, it's it's pretty pretty brutal. Oof. Well, Lex, I wanna I wanna thank you for coming on to the podcast today, man. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Uh, I I know it's on the weekend, and I don't know if you're on call this week, so but uh, no, I know it's uh, you know trying to find time to do 
certain things is, is sometimes is a hit and a miss, especially if you got children. I've got three kids myself. Oh, I got uh, two. I've got two teenagers. I've got my oldest is fifteen in high school, and then I've got a thirteen-year-old in middle school, and then I've got a toddler. So we started all over again. Oh wow! Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's eight and three, so we're 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 on the cusp of uh, done. Is is the three year old still going through the terrible twos like mine is right now? Oh yeah, oh yeah. But she's finally gotten potty trained, so we're we're done with all the the baby duties. That's what I was referring to. We're done. There we go. Kids, we're done. No more kids. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really good. Well, it's, it's kind of cool because you know, well, my daughter, she's uh, she's doing uh, junior ROTC in high school. She started this semester. She's really enjoying that. I think she's gonna, you know. Uh, pursue her passion and maybe go to the air force which i totally support i'm behind her on that awesome and she wants to travel and i told her i said well, if you want to travel that's the best way to travel shoot yeah and uh, i said you get your schooling and everything uh, paid for and i said you're going to learn skill sets out out in the field i mean you're and you're going to get paid to do that so um i said it's not going to be easy i said most of those uh, men and women you know working 16 to 17 hour days right so you got to put the time in, but at the end of it, the skill set that you're going to learn is amazing. And then, you know, my 13 year old, he's actually wanting to learn what I do. And I've been taking him under my wing and been going out in the shop and showing him some electrical stuff and raising some copper and, Fun. you know, showing, ropes, showing him, the, showing the ropes, fantastic. You know, let him decide what he wants to do, you know? Yeah. That's fantastic, man. Well, I appreciate you having me on Keith and, the industry needs this and it needs people like you and uh, keep up the good work. And I can't wait to hear uh, Jim come on. Absolutely. Uh, I'll keep everybody posted on what's going on and cool. You I'm actually going to share this. I'm going to actually share this on Facebook. So cool. this is my actual second. This is the second episode of this podcast that I've started. Uh, just, you know, here lately, I've, you know, trying to get time to get everything, fit everything in with my schedule. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, once I get everything, all the kinks worked out, you know, anything you start new, it's kind of, you're going to have a little bit of rough patches here and there until you get everything figured out. And then once everything's figured out, it's not too bad. Absolutely. You're going to sling them up on uh, YouTube? I'm going to sling them up on YouTube, man. So this episode will be on YouTube. Cool. And then, uh, uh uh, it'll be on YouTube and then we'll sling it up on uh, Facebook as well. So uh, I'm going to put it through all the, uh, the social media that I can, just so that way we can get this information out. And, um, and before we, uh, before I cut this off, guys, that's listening to this podcast, go check out Lex Mance, the dirty maintenance show. He's also got a vlog. Go help him out any way that you can. This guy's got some really great content, got some really great videos uh, new guys coming out in the field, you know, trying to learn something. You want to see how things go. I mean, check his videos out. It, it's amazing. He does great work and, uh, he breaks things down to where you can actually learn them. Just get a pen and a paper and, uh, check him out. Thanks, Keith. Lex, thank you so much, man. And, uh, we'll keep in touch, man. We'll do this again. Absolutely. Take care, brother. Yes, sir. All you right. too. Bye.